0: Coming up on today's show...
1: It's week six and the Tomahawk show is giving you the business.
0: Mina Kimes calls in to break down the Seahawks win in Cleveland
1: and joins the Tomahawk catchphrase game. You hate to see it. Run pass option, our first ever live show, and we debut the Tomahawk guillotine. Dan Quinn, you've been warned. All this and more things that can't be measured with an abacus
0: coming up on the Tomahawk show.
2: Man, I'm so tired of this. Why does this continue to happen? What did I do to deserve this? My life is terrible Monday through Saturday. And Sunday I have a glimmer of hope. And
3: what
1: happens? The Browns tear my heart out. I'm going to go mow my yard and hopefully I don't fucking go Joe Hawk myself.
3: Everyone needs to calm down. That wasn't that bad of a game. Just relax. Relax.
1: I, that last one might have been Hugh Jackson I'm not sure <laughs> But his voice sounded exactly <laughs> Like Hughes. Listen, welcome to the Tomahawk Show As you can tell, it is an eventful Sunday evening, like usual By the voicemails I am Andrew Hawkins The former student council president of St. Patrick's Elementary School in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, as well as the co-host of this audio treasure alongside a guy that needs no introduction. His name is Joe Thomas, so I won't waste your time in giving him one, but more importantly, I won't waste my time, Joe. Listen, make sure you subscribe, rate five stars, blah, 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 blah. Joe, I always start the shows asking you how you're doing. I'm not going to do that because I know in this specific situation that I'm not gonna speak about yet, you're gonna give me an answer that's gonna be a a 10-minute monologue of sorrow. So I'm gonna start with one where I can hedge my bet that I understand is going to be a shorter answer because I gotta get to to something really, really important. All right, you ready, Joe? Who was your favorite offensive coordinator when you played in the league? Drink. Drink, (laughs) perfect. (laughs) All right, listen, the fun part. Joe, before you even say anything, listen, tell the fans what is going on on November 13th, on November 13th in Cleveland, Ohio,
0: the great Andrew Hawkins, John Fontanelli, and the very average Joe Thomas will be getting together for an epic night of laughter, tears, more tears. And maybe some happiness, probably lots of sorrow. Sorrow, but sorrow, either way, sorrow. at the end of the night, the group therapy session at House of Blues. Blues, blues. blues what is it blues. about? Seven o'clock at night.
1: Seven o'clock at night. Night, night, night.
0: About seven o'clock
1: or so. We're not exactly sure. <laughs> That's right. right. On the calendar, we are doing. But our- we're doing a live show. Yes. Give it to and me. It's gonna be
0: absolutely epic. If you're not there. You're a nobody. Just like <laughs> Freddie Kitchen says, if you're not wearing orange and brown, you don't matter. You don't if you're matter, not babe. there at the House of Blues listening to Andrew Hawkins' sweet, silky, smooth voice, you hear it. It's not and a joke. me on the side, then you don't matter.
1: <laughs> you don't matter. All right, we're doing our first live show ever. That's right, November 13th, House of Blues, Cleveland. Joe Thomas, Andrew Hawkins, the entire Tomahawk gang is going to be live in person. I can't wait, Joe, because we always say this podcast feels as if we're just hanging out with our listeners and we get to actually hang out with our listeners, man. Do you understand how big that is? I am not gonna lie. I am really freaking nervous. Because I want it to be a great (laughs) experience and I also want people to show up. So make sure you go buy tickets. (laughs) Go to House of Blues Cleveland, go to Ticketmaster or go to our Twitter and our bio. The link is there. Buy the tickets. It's going to be awesome. Joe and I will be there early interacting with fans. We're staying late. We're hanging out. We'll have special guests Mm. there that we are working out the details of now. It's going to be incredible, okay? So, listen, this is the Tomahawk Show. Joe, how are you doing right now? I'm
0: doing amazing. No matter what happened on Sunday to the Browns, they could not – they could not squelch my happiness like from it. this weekend that I had in Madison, Wisconsin. The Badgers honored me for being
1: inducted into the College for Football the Hall of Fame. For the 15th time, Joe. So I, I have a question about that. I'm glad you went there. Why does the Wisconsin Badgers honor you every second s- Saturday of every month? I feel like you get caught out at every halftime.
0: Seriously. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So this year, there's been I think four Badger home games, and two out of those four, I was uh, honored for being inducted into a Hall of Fame.
1: <laughs> oh man! I, I, like what? Is, I don't like. Why yeah. do they keep doing it?
0: Yeah. Did they give you I, a I reason? Well, the reason is because I keep going into different Hall of Fames. But <laughs> okay. other than that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess. Uh they just they just love winning. They're just obsessed with winning. I get it. And uh they, they want me to be there. But more importantly, I, I gotta ask, this goes back to our live show. Uh uh-huh. what is the set gonna be like? 'Cause that as you were talking and you were pumping it up, yeah, I got really excited thinking like maybe they're gonna recreate our locker room. Yeah, and then me and you sitting on stools, maybe clothed, maybe not clothes. Maybe a towels. Maybe just in towels yeah. Like and just towels. telling stories for an hour and a half. Um, so maybe what we need is we need people to tweet at us yes, and let us know some suggestions, some interactions here. Let us know what you think the stage should look like yeah. for the live show. I think that would be a really good way to get some great feedback from the Tom Flock.
1: And guests, too. Give us some suggestion on guests. Like Everyone's been knocking our door down to come. We're like, it has to be the right people because we won't just sit in any locker room on stools with anybody, right? So give us some suggestions there too. Hit us up on Twitter, at Tomahawk Show on Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. Uh, We got the Tomahawk group on Facebook. Check that out and hit the voicemail line. You heard it earlier in the show, 440-628-1376. It's become a really, really big part of our show and we want to continue that going here. Again, not to beat a dead horse, Live show, November 13th. Buy your tickets because it's going to be incredible. Yo, I'm not going to lie. I know our producers giving me the sign to move past this. But yo, I'm really, really excited. I was never musically talented, but I always wanted to be a rock star. Mm. I always wanted to be on stage. Mm. I always Mm -hmm. thought, man, that'd be really cool to have a whole crowd rocking. And this is that version of that for the Tomahawk show. Uh, We will be literally on stage the night of November 13th at House of Blues in Cleveland and we are going to make sure everybody in the audience was a part of it. I can't tell you how many times I'm going to kick to the audience to yell Joe Hawk yourself. Okay? <laughs> so it's going to be a legendary night. Hit Ticketmaster link in our in our Twitter bio to join us live in Cleveland. All right, let's kick this episode off with our dog check. Dog check! All right, for this dog check, we're going to actually – Calling some help, so we're going to call Mina Kimes, who is a do-it-all sports personality and one of the smartest people in all of football. Um, and you know, she's a Seahawks fan too, so it only makes sense. Let's give her a shout.
4: Hello. 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 You've reached the Tomahawk line.
1: All right, so we're going to kick this off by talking about the game that was the Seahawks versus the Cleveland Browns, and we're going to bring in. Probably be my favorite media personality of all time, Joe included. He's not even in the top five. Uh, we have ESPN writer, personality, analyst, host, columnist, color commentator, and avid <laughs> Seattle Seahawks fans, except when she's calling game for their arch rival, the Los Angeles Rams, ESPN's Mena Kimes. How are you doing, Mina? You know, right in that
3: victory wave, I... Uh Successfully oh. handed over my check to the referees. That's a joke.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, but no, I feel good. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. All right. So that's, oh, a, rough. that's a perfect place to start. We got a Brown Seahawks recap here. We haven't even asked Joe yet how he feels about the game. And you don't understand on this podcast. Joe kicks this mm. thing off with how he feels about the Browns game. But you're getting <laughs> the red carpet right now, Mina. Talk to us. Give us, give us a recap in, in your mind. What, what's the biggest takeaway for you from this football game?
3: Ooh, that's tough, because I was going to do a 50-50 for y'all. I was going to do give it to us. Well, focusing on the Browns, I I was going to say the officiating was terrible, and then I was going to say, but the Browns sure didn't help themselves. Okay. Uh, And I wanted to go, I wanted to be real political and go 50-50 on that. (laughs) Um, So it's a tough spot, but I do think the officiating was terrible. I'll, I'll say that up front, a number of... Really bad calls in this game. Uh, probably the worst was the Landry block that jumps out to me as being uh, particularly wackadoodle. But um, like I said, the, the Browns didn't help themselves. I thought some really questionable decision making by Kitchens, uh, you know, and, and not necessarily play calling, but um, especially in terms of clock management, uh, lack of discipline on defense. And, you know, I actually think Baker probably deserves less of the blame for this one than some of the other losses. But, you know, he he was not particularly accurate either.
0: That's my biggest concern right now with Baker is he is throwing a lot of interceptions. And Hawk mentioned this last year. He's like, I like my quarterbacks to throw a healthy amount of inter- interceptions. And I think <laughs> now happy. that I've had a full year He's getting real to healthy. think about it, now that now that I've had a full year <laughs> to think about it, I I think what he was trying to say was, I'm okay for my quarterback to take chances to throw in some tight windows to have confidence in his arm. But the interceptions that Baker has been throwing lately have been just wide open guys and he's just missing them. Like uh, the throw to Hilliard today, he just kind of missed him, And he's just not as accurate as we saw last year. And you wonder why that is. Is his mechanics changed? Is his body hurt? Like why is – He somebody that was so accurate last year and all of a sudden this year it seems like the accuracy hasn't been there um and so my question to you is what are you seeing from baker that leads you to believe that he is throwing maybe differently than he was last year
3: yeah well first i I would say you're right to point out that a lot of those throws are on him i think people look at some of these picks and they're getting popped up by receivers, right? And so the instinct is to blame the receiver and for, yeah, yeah a better receiver would be able to corral those. But if you go back and rewatch them, um, the angles are, you know, they're not perfectly thrown balls at all, even when the guys are open it. and he does obviously throw with a ton of aggression, which is great when you're accurate. Um, right. But the combination of uh, aggression and accuracy means you go full Jameis. You never want to go full Jameis. Never go full Jameis, especially <laughs> uh, today. <laughs> Never go full day, especially today. Oh my goodness! I, you know, I, I think, Joe, um, you know, it's interesting because I watched a lot of Baker in college. I watched him last year, and uh, you know he was so accurate in college. And to me, I think it, we often ask, H- can quarterbacks become more accurate as time goes by? I think that's a great question. You know, you talk about guys like a Josh Allen or Lamar, but. Baker, it's weird because we're asking, can a quarterback become less accurate? And that's not that common. And to me, the only explanation I think is a complete lack of trust. He doesn't trust what he's seeing. He doesn't trust his protection. Even when, by the way, I thought the pass pro today was fine. uh, And he doesn't trust his receivers occasionally with good reason. I think that's manifesting itself in the accuracy.
0: You wrote an awesome piece on Baker Mayfield. So you've kind of gotten to know him a little bit. Um, So – what was your impression after spending some time with him and, and writing about Baker and maybe give us a little bit of insight into like where his headspace is right now?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, the question everyone asked me after that story, well, what could go wrong for these brownies? And you know, they're the winner on paper. And I said, well, I'm, I'll be very curious to see how they handle adversity. Um, how it affects Baker. Cause we know he likes being the underdog and he likes, having a chip on his shoulder. But I don't think it's external criticism that's the problem. I don't think that's going to get to Baker. I think it's more that lack of trust. That's what I think is a problem. You know, it's not a problem for Baker Mayfield that other people outside of the Browns think he's struggling or, you know, regressing. It's a problem if he doesn't believe in the pieces and coaching around him. And that's what I think going forward with this season we need to see that he trusts that his line, that he trusts his receivers, that he trusts the play calling, um, and, and the ways that'll manifest itself. It, you know, that'll be him getting the ball out quickly, uh, not scram, you know, sort of skittering out of skittering. It's a verb I've never used. Yeah, I like Out that. of the that's, pocket that's, to his right. To <laughs>
2: um, yeah, and
3: uh, placing the ball where guys can get it. Uh, you know, and, and that's what you really got to see from him.
1: Yeah, I was I, I was watching this game and, and I know like I don't think Freddie Kitchen's called a bad game, but there were some 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 things that, that always I question, which is yeah. normal of a head coach. Like the fourth down play on the goal line where he shows what play he's running, ices his own team, loses the challenge, <laughs> and then runs the play again. Like that those are things that I'm like, come on man, we gotta we gotta be we gotta be thinking here, right? So, i yeah. in his
3: defense, I, I have no idea what was going on over those two minutes. That was maybe one of the craziest two minutes in the yeah. NFL this season.
1: okay. so in, in in your view, and we know we talked about like trusting Baker and Baker trusting what he's seeing and sitting in there, you with championship pedigree as a Seahawks fan. <laughs> Um, and me sitting here, I'm literally wearing my two championship CFL rings because Joe said he'd never seen them. <laughs> He's a champion. And I'm a I'm a freaking champion, okay? And Seahawks, Seattle's kind of like – Patriot
0: also.
1: Yeah, I'm a former Patriot as well. Very good point, Mina. Um, All true thing. So how, how how do the Browns turn this team into a Super Bowl contending team?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's really it, – it's more about the offense to me, although I will say the defense that – the tackling was real bad today. I'm not so much worried about that front. I thought uh, Garrett was his usual destructive self, but mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know it's hard with those cornerbacks out, right? How much can you really put on them? But some of the tackling, especially at the middle was a little bit lacking, but that's not what concerns me. It, it's this offense. They need to start trusting each other. I keep using the word trust. I'm probably overusing it, but that's what sort of stands out to me. There needs to be some sort of rhythm and identity to this offense that you know takes advantage of what Baker does well without leading him into his worst tendencies because the talent is there and, and yes they got yeah. OBJ integrated a little bit more today which was good to see I think Nick Chubb looks like one of the five best running backs Oof. in the NFL right now Mitchell. but it all has to fit together yeah. it, and also yeah to your point Huck uh, the I I think Kitchens has not been as bad as people think but his Red zone uh, play calling and some of the situational play calling has been
1: quite bad. It's been terrible.
0: He's just had like a minimum of one boneheaded thing every single week. Per red zone. Like the, the fourth and ten, yeah. he calls a draw play. And then, like you mentioned, this, this uh, week where he calls timeout as they're running the play into the end zone to review the play, and then they run the same play again, and of course – defense is all over it and you're like how how do you make those mistakes they're just like rookie mistakes and he is a rookie head coach so i guess some of this is kind of maybe to be expected but from a head coach you don't want to see that right you just hate to see it you you hate to
1: see it but on top of that he's a rookie coordinator too like i don't know too many situations where you're a rookie coordinator and a rookie head coach like that's probably the first time it's ever happened in nfl history he's learning both of these things on the fly
3: balances between him and Todd Munkin. I know that's been a subject of a lot of speculation, but yeah. um I was a big Munkin fan, guys. Uh <laughs> big Munken fan like coming out of you know Tampa Bay. I, I yeah. think he's quite good, sir. So I don't know. It doesn't look like a Todd Munkin offense to me. So I don't know who's who's making the calls, who's doing the big picture stuff, but yeah, it, it's definitely not working in those situations.
0: Yeah, I like I like the offense and I like the plays right now and, and it's just The execution of what should be called when is not flawless and it, and it becomes really apparent when you do dumb stuff like the fourth and 10 draw. It's like the, the rookie move and that's the best way to put it. Um, overall though, I mean, I think the plays, concepts and the running game and stuff, it's, it's starting to fit together and it's starting to make sense. And I think you see what they want to be, but it's just that, like I said, just those crazy moments where you're going, what the hell were they thinking? Right. Uh, that I think, gives you this perception of freddie as like oh well he's a rookie head coach and he doesn't know what he's doing you know that's like the national uh perspective right now on on the cleveland thing is oh freddie kitchens he doesn't know what he's doing right now And, and it's kind of a microcosm of just a couple things but it just
1: happens week in and week out tell me this mina who is better the seattle seahawks or the san francisco 49ers
3: I think the San Francisco for a better football team. I think the Seattle Seahawks have a, have a quarterback who's MVP right now. Yeah. Um, and because of the way this league is uh, those things equal out. So I think they're pretty equal. Uh, you know, I, I think I tweeted this after the Niners. I watched that game pretty closely with interest. Uh, you have know, having called the Rams games mm-hmm. this year uh, in the preseason. And um I, I said they are very good. I still don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is good. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, but Russell Wilson, right now, I know I'm a homer, and I hope I'm not too much of a homer, because no. right out the gate I said the officiating was bad. But there I do go. believe he is the MVP. I really do.
1: He is.
0: Well, you, you talked about the good. officiating. one thing One thing that I've been railing on lately is this instant replay debacle that the NFL has stepped into because <laughs> – Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when there was no instant replay and they brought it out, and I thought that was great. It seemed like when the NFL first brought out instant replay it was really good for the game I thought it was good to make sure we get these calls right at important moments of the game but it seems like this year they have changed what instant replay is now and it's only going to be overturning the most egregious obvious plays of all time uh and that's kind of coupled with the fact that they have just said we're not going to overturn any pass interference at all so uh before I give my take on instant replay I'm interested to hear what you have because I'm sure You've thought a lot about it, um, and I'm I value yeah. your opinion. I'd love to hear your instant replay take.
3: Um, yeah, I think you know. After I, I was watching Thursday night football, and it was a uh, was it Gilmore or something? It was a, a real mugging, and they didn't. Yeah, the game was over, right? But it was a kind of thing where you. I, I thought to myself, um, you know, if this happened in an important playoff game, I think they would have overturned it, right? Because it, it's less about getting the calls right and more about Narratives because that game was over, but you know it, it's much more about like well, we just don't want another Rams uh Saints debacle. Uh, I think that's in and in itself not bad to want to have a fail safe for those worse game-changing you know play up uh, mess-ups. But the problem is the way they set it up was a challenge replay. That's not the expectation. The expectation was like oh they're going to get things right. That's not what's happening. I would have just done added a sky judge, which was a thing being thrown around you know uh to Mm -hmm. come in and fix those terrible calls because i think the way people understand replay and the function it's supposed to serve is not what's happening
0: so should we eliminate instant replay because it seems like there's no reason to spend all this time during a game to have a timeout to have the ref run all the way over to the sideline to stand there for three minutes looking at a video that he's not going to overturn anyway when The new standard in order to overturn uh, a call on the field is like, if you look at it for one second, you know it's the wrong call. So why not just get rid of instant replay totally, have a sky judge up there, and if there's something that's just so insanely wrong, have him quickly buzz down, they can change it, and then we don't have this huge log drown out process, and we stop giving ourselves this lie that, oh, instant replay is there to get the calls right, because that's not true right now. We see this constantly... Uh, like today. Joe also wants to get
1: rid of social media for reference, yeah, Mina. Not anymore. He's the get, yeah. get off my Like
0: The Jarvis-Landry Jarvis block was a huge moment in the game, and it was so obvious and so clearly wrong, yeah. but there was but no reason to get it right. There was no you see uh, possible I mean, way to get it right. It
2: happens
3: nonstop now. You know, I mean, this game had a few ones, but like, you just see it constantly, and you're right. And the benefit of the doing the Sky Judge instead of the replay is you don't have all these horrible clips that are circulating of obviously wrong calls. Um, right. So I do think that's the direction they should have gone in. It'll be curious. You know, it's not, it's not impossible that that a change that happens um, after this season. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think the funny thing is you guys, like if it does go to the playoffs, I do think it's going to be handled differently, which is, you know, mm. hip- ridiculous, but right. I do think that this is all about narratives and uh, worrying about these big moments, and I think that they will probably actually tr- make more of an effort to get it right uh, in the playoffs.
1: Right. All right, so we're going to let you go here soon, Mina, but before you go, have have you been hip to our catchphrase game yet? Have you been introduced to this? Have you seen it on social media? Because everybody's talking about no. it. No. You have it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I you I can lie and say yes.
3: Last, uh, had some
1: stuff. Yes, yeah, so when yeah, we did. There you it, go. It, well, it predates so Colleen, but well, Colleen was a, a great participant, and we <laughs> want you to get in on this too. So, what we've been doing, because me and Joe are budding media personalities, as you know, <laughs> what we do is we pick a catchphrase every week, and then we try to okay. incorporate it into our broadcast somewhere while we're out in the TV sphere doing our thing. So, I think our first week okay. was "Get Your Money's Worth." Uh, last week was. We let our fans pick it. It was you can't measure that with an abacus. We're going to let you hear really quick how it went. Play it, Chris. Of football. Even if Garoppolo doesn't have to pass it all over the field, this is a solid team win, and you can't measure that with an abacus. <laughs> all right. So we... we I give it a B-, minus, but we we, well, we did it like five times this <laughs> week. So we want to pick a catchphrase this week. Are you interested in participating? Of course. All right. So we got to choose mm. a catchphrase. We have Boom. a couple of uh, options here. One is... Invite him over for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, another one is you can't put a price tag on what's already been bought. And and oh, he left him in the laundromat. Any of those stick out to you, Mina? Uh,
3: left him in the laundry. Is that an expression? Well,
1: it it will be. It can uh, be. It will be
3: after we say
0: it yeah. on national
1: TV. Exactly.
3: Uh, that would be the one then that I would go
1: with. All right. It's settled. Yeah, I like it, the
0: visual. He all left right. him it, at it, the laundromat. How in the hell am I going to get you, this in on Thursday night? All you got
1: to do is talk about Lamar Jackson. We like, does that <laughs> run stop thing and then all the defenders run by him? That's the version of le- leaving him in the laundromat. The, the, they right. like, like we're, we're not talking
0: anything Ravens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I need that clip. I yeah, need just, to talk just about put it, it in there on the Thursday let's, Night let's Football game. over. Mina, enjoy the second half of Sunday Night Football. Appreciate you coming on. Bye, guys. See ya. (laughs) Thanks, man.
5: Today's episode of the Tomahawk Show is presented by mybookie.ag. With baseball playoffs in full swing and football season well underway, there's never been a better time to sign up for mybookie. Right now, all players are invited to play in the free $50,000 Survivor Contest, Winner Takes All. Contest starts October 8th and closes October 14th before the start of Monday Night Football. Pick one team each week, survive the longest, and you can take home $50,000 in cash. Make a successful deposit with MyBookie and you'll receive a free entry into the contest today. Whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet. No one gives you more ways to win. MyBookie.ag has the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code DOUBLECOVER to activate the offer. That's promo code DOUBLECOVER to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
0: How often do you get a chance to be a part of history, to witness something with your own eyes that only a select few will ever get to see? Do you want a chance to witness history being made? The Tomahawk
1: Live Show is here to give you that chance. That's right, the Emmy, Oscar, Grammy, Tony, and ESPY award-winning Tomahawk Show. It's making its stage debut at the House of Blues in Cleveland, Ohio on November 13th. The humblest of all co-hosts, Joe, that's him, Andrew Hawkins, myself, will be joined by a host of guests who will join us for a live and incredible night of podcasting, sports, and humor. You don't want to miss it. Tickets are on sale now. Can be
0: found through the House of Blues Cleveland website, Ticketmaster, and the Tomahawk Show Twitter. We
1: will see you there. There, 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 there. All right, shout out to Mina Kimes. Make sure you guys follow her, uh, download her podcast, but not if you haven't downloaded ours already. Rate her podcast five stars, but not if you haven't rated ours five stars first. Uh, love you, Mina. Appreciate it. All right, now it's time to head on to Am I Trippin'? Trippin', 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 trippin'. trippin. Um. So smooth, don't you agree, Joe? I still don't. That's, that is the best intro out of anything we have, by the way. I <laughs> know, I don't even get how it
4: correlates to the topic. All right, but John, us up, where am I tripping? What we got first? The Houston Texans took down the Chiefs in Kansas City, 31-24. Granted, Mahomes is dealing with a bum wheel, and Deshaun did have two picks. But am I tripping, or is Deshaun Watson the new King of the Hill, heavyweight champ, Ooh. most exciting quarterback in the NFL?
1: Oh, Joe, take that first.
0: I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Deshaun Watson, but it's still Russell Wilson right now. In my opinion, I think he is the most exciting QB because he not only does it all, but it just seems like every game they're in, they need him to be Superman in order to win by one point. And they they just seem to win every game they have, and it's very, very close. And he's always making those plays, whether it's with his feet or his arm. And it's magical to watch. But I will say Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Kyler Murray right now, there is a lot of exciting young quarterbacks in this yeah. league that I'm willing to turn on a game, even though the team is doo-doo, to watch these guys because they're fun. And <laughs> Arizona, all of a sudden, is like a really, really fun team to watch with they Kyler are, Murray. Man. And shout out to Flock member. Um, Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. Who has done a really good job. I honestly was very surprised, like most people, that uh, they were going to give Cliff, a guy who had no NFL experience. They had coaching job with a quarterback who was maybe not a normal, typical NFL quarterback. But uh, even though the record isn't great, they've put together a pretty good offense for... a a young offense their defense is starting to come along really well and and actually that team is looking pretty decent right now i wouldn't want to play the cardinals because they could almost beat anybody the way their style is just different and i think that gives them an advantage going against any team in the nfl
1: yeah back-to-back wins um I, not, not to get into a Kyler Murray love fest yet. I'm going to go back to Deshaun Watson. He bought out today because his receivers actually didn't play well. They kind of shut down Hopkins. You could tell they were keen on him. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller had some big drops. Two of them should have been touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun answered by running and throwing to the other guys. And they came back because – Kansas City was up big early. So it showed me a lot about Deshaun Watson. And you could tell he had this game circled on his calendar because him versus Mahomes, the conversation, everyone picked Mahomes and said, oh, he's the better quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Deshaun answered the call. He's not king of the hill yet because Joe is right. Russell Wilson is king of the hill. But he's definitely climbing it. What we got
4: next? Baltimore beats Cincinnati 23-17. Lamar Ugh, Jackson dang. has 152 rushing yards on 19 attempts. His third... Career, 100-yard rushing game. Guys, am I tripping? Or did the Bengals accidentally game plan for Joe Flacco and forget that Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm going to say I'm wearing a Cincinnati Bengals sweatshirt (laughs) right now, a team issued from 2012, (laughs) because I feel like because I haven't showed them much love, the team is starting to dwindle, right? And and like, I'm the issue. I've been showing the Browns a lot of love, which also doesn't work. Um, But (laughs) I have my Bengals sweatshirt on. The Bengals' defense is really bad. The team has looked terrible. I mean, those are my boys over there, and I love them. No A.J. Green. Spoiler alert, they're not that good without them. But defensively, when you watch them versus the Steelers and you watch them today, they are just not good tacklers, and I don't know what's going on. But they are definitely in the running for first overall pick. So, so my ob- obligatory weather talk
0: from the week, uh, to just to piss our boss off. Yep. Yeah, baby. There was a big snowstorm out west this week. I'm not sure if you heard. And the depth charts for this game <laughs> were coming out of Denver, Colorado. But the snowstorm shut everything down, so the UPS trucks never made it. Mm. So, <laughs> okay. actually, the Bengals <laughs> thought that Joe Flacco was still uh, the quarterback because yeah. – Lamar Jackson, 152 yards rushing on 19 carries. That is inexcusable. If you let Lamar Jackson rush for over 100 yards in a game, you should be fired as a head coach immediately. Because when you think about the New England Patriots, oh, what do they always do the best? Right? Everyone says, well, they're game plan specific and they always take away what you do best. Well, every team in the NFL tries to do that. They're just better at everybody else. And the one team that you cannot allow their quarterback to run is the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, gosh. Like- You stop him from running, and then if they beat you in another way, that's okay. But I guarantee if this dude has 100 yards rushing, you will lose. So you need to put every resource you have into stopping Lamar Jackson from running the football, and that's an embarrassment for the Bengals, the fact that he had that many rushing yards. It (sighs) truly was like they did not know that Lamar Jackson was a great athlete and he was going (laughs) to be their quarterback this week. Like, man, he's quick. Well, no, that, one guy, that guy's that? Pretty, pretty fast for a quarterback. We, we should think about doing something about <laughs> That's that. That's like
1: when I played the Redskins. My That was like the halftime adjustment. I played the Redskins my second year in the league, and there was a, a tight end, now Paul. Mm-hmm. And he was a tight end, and he was a gunner on the punt team. And they were just like, yo, this guy is big. He's going to try to outpower you. And I, you can't really tell like what he moved like on the film. So when we got and played him, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for him to run me over, right? Because I'm blocking him as a gunner. This mother effer runs right by, and when I say he runs at four four, I could not catch him. I got back to the sideline, and I'm like, "Yo, what the hell? Like you, you you didn't say you said he wasn't that fast. He's not. I'm like, you shitting me? I couldn't catch him. So that Cincinnati it must be the same same guy still yeah, doing the scouting reports.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he's he's hundred years old, and he's just recycling on like uh, old science papers. Uh, he's like, like Lamar uh, Jackson, oh, just we'll thought just that was write, Tom
1: Jackson.
4: He's not as quick as he used to be. <laughs> we'll just give him the same scouting report from last year. They won't notice. You can't measure that with an abacus. Hey. Guys, the Panthers are 4-2. and two. Kyle Allen had a 104.6 pass rating wow. in Carolina's Week 6 win over Tampa in London. Am I tripping? Granted, the guy's only 30 years old, but is Cam Newton's era over in Carolina?
1: It might be. I mean, this is very reminiscent of the Tom Brady situation where he took over for Drew Brees. And I'm a big Cam fan. As a matter of fact— Oh, yeah, what did I say, Breeze? Drew Breeze. Drew Bledsoe, yes. Very different than Drew Breeze. <laughs> but coming into the season, I picked Cam Newton as a as my dark horse MVP candidate. You know what the exact opposite of being an MVP candidate is?
4: Getting benched for Kyle Allen. Getting benched for an <laughs> undrafted
1: rookie QB. He's not a rookie, but still, yeah. I, this is a very real thing. And honestly, if they're winning, I can't see how they go back to Cam after that.
0: They can't. There's no way you can go to Cam right now. Yeah. They, they were losing with Cam. This guy comes in, now they're winning, and he's playing well. (laughs) So there's zero chance that Cam Newton comes back. What is exactly going to happen, this is classic, I've seen it a million times, is Cam Newton might be healthy, but that doctor's going to tell him, "No, why don't we give it another week? Let that foot heal up. Kyle's playing great. Don't rush it back, and then they're going to just keep pushing it back until Kyle plays crappy enough to be able
1: to make that change. Until Cam Newton is the quarterback for the
0: uh, Tennessee Titans. It's um, it's interesting to me because there was always some speculation throughout Cam's career that maybe he didn't prepare the way he should. He didn't know how to read defenses the way he should. That's he would bullshit. wait for guys to get open and then throw the football in there um, and try to use his arm. But now his arm – has deteriorated a little bit from the level it used to be. He used to have a can and now he's just kind of got a regular NFL arm after that shoulder surgery. And you see that he, he's not able to zip it in there anymore. And so this is the point of a career where you need to start relying on like pre-snap reads and reading coverages better and anticipating throws and starting to throw with maybe a little bit of touch to different spots and let the receivers get open after the ball's already been released based on the, the coverage and the leverage. Um, And it seems like he hasn't been able to adapt to do that yet. Yeah, I don't think it's him
1: not being able to read defenses. Like it's hard to be an MVP. I don't think
0: I'm not saying he's missing throws. He can't read defenses. He's just not reading him as good as a Pro Bowl level quarterback should. Right. And if he wants to get back to where he was, because I don't think he'll ever be the running threat that he was when he was maybe twenty-seven. 26 years old because he's just his body's just beat up and so now this is the point of your career where you have to start relying on being better at reading defenses and understanding coverages and anticipating and it just to me it doesn't seem like he has adapted the way you would expect and to me it's clear Kyle Allen comes in the team looks really good and it's
1: all the same people except for the quarterback. Right, but you can't it, you can't even you can't sit here and tell me though. And I agree that Cam can't get the job back. So let's start there. But you can't tell me you look at Kyle Allen and say, "Oh, this is the future of the Carolina Panthers." This is this feels more like Fitzmagic than it does Tom Brady. To me.
0: We weren't born when Tom Brady took over true. with the Patriots. True. So we don't really know don't what really that know. looked like. Him and, but him and Bart Starr, that, man.
1: They it came down to the end for that MVP race. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're <laughs> you're, you're Clearly, here's what's <laughs> happening. And I have that same thing too right now because I don't feel like this is the Kyle Allen era or anything like that. But it's our bias knowing that he was an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And so he's going to have to play out of his mind for a long period of time before we kind of change our judgment towards him as anything more than just an undrafted free agent that's captured Magic in a bottle, right? True. And I and I think, truthfully, if he was a first-round pick, if you just somehow did the, the Men in Black flashlight... And all of a sudden we heard he was a first round pick and Uh we didn't know any differently. You'd watch him and go, well, yeah, he's, he's the guy for the next 10 years. But because you know that they've got all this invested in cam and cam was an MVP a few years ago, led him to the Super Bowl, And this kid's just a lowly undrafted free agent in your mind. Your mind's not allowing you to see that Kyle Allen is a better quarterback than Cam Newton right now.
4: Maybe I have a question for you guys about that. We have. Cam, or I'm sorry, we have Kyle Allen, we have Danny Dimes, mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew. Oh, Everybody's
1: gosh. leave it to John, the Giants fan, to drop Danny Dimes in a conversation. <laughs> Go ahead, let me finish. let me get the question. It's warranted.
4: I okay. mean, Lamar Jackson. There's still some speculation on him from your guys' perspective. How many games does a quarterback need to put on tape, whether it's a first rounder, undrafted? Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. How many games they need to put on tape for you guys as players to say that guy's a real deal? Put on tape. What is what is. I don't know. Your
1: leash is always longer the higher you're drafted, mm-hmm. right? So the Jameis Winston leash has been very, very long. I feel <laughs> like we have enough Jameis Winston tape to say, okay, he's not the guy, <laughs> all right? 86 turnovers later, yeah, maybe we should start looking at the QBs. Um, if you're an undrafted guy, mm-hmm. it's week to week till it's not week to week. You know, unfortunately, like Joe said, maybe that is my bias, but I still look at the highlights and see run CMC, Mm-hmm. Running through four and five people, right? That's a. I could have thrown that pass. I need more of where it's like, yo, the quarterback put this team on his back, mm-hmm. and and he was the one doing. It. Even in those other touchdown pass, it was like a one handed catch by Kurt, by Curtis Samuel, mm-hmm. and it, you know, yeah, it was an okay throw, but the catch was the thing. So I don't know. I, I guess it's a feel thing. I don't, I do think all the names you said are overrated, Lamar Jackson included. I think Lamar's going to wow. be good, but. I think he's like good defenses will limit him. He won't. He won't do what he did against the Bengals and some of these other defenses.
4: Joe, you've blocked for over a thousand quarterbacks in your life. Yeah, you. See, Joe's <laughs> the,
1: Joe's the expert. Trust me. I'm the expert on quarterbacks that don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Are you seeing
0: anything
4: <laughs> so, in Cal
1: Allen that you've seen in the 30 quarterbacks
0: you blocked for? So here's what I'll say to answer John's question. I think after three years, you can definitively say that this quarterback is going to have a great career, or he's not going to make it
4: three years
0: or three years. You're going to see flashes and glimpses and you're going to see, Oh, that guy was great. Oh, then he had a bad game, but you need three years to be able to develop enough of a pattern to see like, yep, I can definitely say for sure. He's going to be really good. Or right. He's not going to make it in the NFL. So I think you can say he's got talent before then, but so much of quarterback play is decision-making mm-hmm. and doing the right thing over and over and over again that that's what makes a great quarterback. That's why Tom Brady's great. Not because he had the biggest arm in the NFL or he made a couple great throws here and there or had one good game. It was the consistency that he played with. And that's what all the great quarterbacks are. That's why Russell Wilson's the MVP of the NFL right now because he's consistently making the plays every week that he needs to make to let his team win. He's completing a high-level number of passes, and Mm -hmm. he's throwing the ball down the field, And he's putting his team on his back every single week. And that's what you need to see over a long period of time because I think with a quarterback especially, you go out there, you might play really well for four or five games, and then teams, they're constantly looking for ways to attack you. It was like last year with Lamar Jackson. All of a sudden, he played the Chargers in the playoffs. They played an extra DB. And that was like kryptonite. They didn't know what to do, right? But then they adjusted. They learned. They figured it out. And he got better as a quarterback. So you couldn't just do the same thing to him. When you have a a quarterback that plays four or five games, all of a sudden there's like a scouting report from a defense that says he can't throw to his left down the field. So they're going to force you into making those mistakes by forcing you to do things that you're not very good at. And if you don't overcome those, then you never become a great quarterback. And so I think – it takes a long time before you kind of go through that process of hitting a wall and then overcoming it and getting better and then hitting a wall and then overcoming it as
1: a quarterback. And it just takes time. That's, that's ridiculous. Saying that it takes three years is like saying it takes 15 years to be with somebody to realize if they're the one or not. That's a long time. So, so that means we can't, we can't say that Mahomes is good. We can't say Watson is good. We can't say, um, Kyler Murray is good We can't say Who else? Who are the young quarterbacks? Baker is good We can't say I'm looking at the the list of teams Josh Allen is good Jimmy you're Garoppolo hasn't played For three years yet Dak Prescott Maybe, hasn't played for three years yet Wentz really hasn't played for a full three years yet So I, I, it, I think you do Know early on But you're just You don't have The kahunas to say it for sure till after three years. Because all the guys that we've seen, the Mariotas, the Jameis Winstons, all these guys that we knew wasn't it way back when we just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And all the guys that we knew were it from the start, they're still the guys. So I would say a year and a half. I'd say 24 games. You missed what I said. We can say that those guys are good. I, I'm
0: willing to say that there's a lot of young quarterbacks that are good, that are exciting, but I'm not sure they're going to be Pro Bowl franchise-level quarterbacks yet. Okay. I just haven't seen them enough. Yeah. I don't know what their weaknesses are. A lot People don't know what their weaknesses are. It comes out, it develops over time yeah. as teams throw different scouting reports and different game plans at them, and then all of a sudden I think it pops up. So I'm willing to say that Kyler Murray is good, but I don't know if he's going to be great. Right. I don't know if he's going to be able to get it to that next level because I haven't seen enough.
1: All right. Copy. I I, I concur. All right. Let's get to our All run right. pass option.
0: Run it or pass it. Run it. Run, run, run pass option.
1: All right. Well, if you've been living under a rock in this segment, what we do is our producer tees up different topics and we decide whether we want to talk about it or not. It's actually very, very simple. As simple as a real RPO in a real NFL game. So, John. Kick us off. What's the first one, man?
4: Before we get started, we've added a new wrinkle. Okay. We're going to have a 40-second play clock this ah, week. Ah, I like that. So you guys have to get the get your play off before the, before the play clock What's runs out. What's the penalty
1: if you don't do it before the play clock runs out?
4: Well, that's a good question. You, you got any suggestions? Yeah. <laughs> Joe suggests I, th- I think
1: we kill. <laughs> kill whoever doesn't death. get it done. I've been under wondering what seconds. we're going to
4: do with that Tomahawk guillotine. Now we yes. have a good use for it. Finally. That was $3,000
1: <laughs> not wasted. All right. Kick off the first comment.
4: 49ers improved to 6-0 and in SoCal win. Rams dropped three straight since beating Browns. Start with Hawk. Run it or pass it? Pass
1: it because I already said from the start the 49ers would be good. Joe? See what I did there?
0: Pass. <laughs> uh, I love the 49ers. The Rams have been surprising, but uh, their their offensive line hasn't played like they have in the past. Gurley still hurt. He's going to be hurt. No,
1: no, hold on. Joe, that's four
0: things you just
4: said of why you're passing it. That is not a pass.
1: That's a run. Jerry
0: Goff not playing that great.
4: Uh, all right, pass. Falcons fall to cards in Arizona 34-33 due to missed extra point. Joe, run it or pass it. I'm going to run this one. Dan Quinn
0: is struggling right now. I, I feel for him. He's a good man. Um, I thought he was a good coach, but uh, – we're seeing that maybe the function of the success that they had was more about their offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, drink. Because <laughs> since the Super Bowl, they are under five hundred, and they have almost all the same players on that roster. Think about that—they have mm. nearly the entire team that's exactly the same as the team that had the Patriots on the ropes at the Super Bowl, and they let them off the hook. But same team, not Uh-oh. even five hundred since. Wow, that, that Joe, moment.
1: you're dead. Because that was your timer. I actually might have just saved your life.
4: Did I save his life? <laughs> you, you did. I thought I think, Joe, I think you were on track to beat the snap there, but your boy okay. Hawk you. bailed you out. Well, I didn't want you to I don't want him to die. <laughs> it, it would end the Tomahawk show. You, you hear like the five second ticker and then a yeah, the, like, the oh, little no. easy bake oven bell goes off. I up. jumped off the, the grenade for
0: him. <laughs> Hawk's been saying he wants a hawk show. He, does, he doesn't <laughs> like
1: the Tama part of the Hawk. <laughs> my my daughter calls it a uh, Hamma Hama talk show said, <laughs> I don't, I don't want you to do the Hama talk show today. I want you to just stay home. Oh, yeah, it was cute. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> the babies. A, All right, I'm gonna, gonna run it. Out. Dan Quinn, he is a dead man walking, and not because he can't make a point in less than 40 seconds. The reason why is because, like Joe said, their team is horrible. He's a defensive head coach, and their defense is the worst in the league. They don't tackle well. They don't cover well. They don't stop the pass. They don't stop the run. Their special teams stink. So I'm, we should put on a, a wage of what day of the week will Dan Quinn get fired this season? Will it be a Monday? Will it be a Wednesday? Mm. A Saturday? Oh. I'm mm. going to guess a Tuesday. He's going to get fired on a wow. Tuesday at some point during this season. Beat the buzzer there. Time to speak I'm going to use some of Hawks
4: time to say that Mm -hmm. Arthur Blank reportedly doesn't want to make a coaching change before the week nine bye. So something for our our audience to listen for there. So he's going
1: to get fired in week 10 on Tuesday.
0: All right. (laughs) Copy. Uh, Uh, Vikings improved. I'll take the Monday bet on that, by the
4: way. Uh, Monday action. Vikings improved to four and two behind offensive explosion from Kid Cuzzy. I give Mm. Kirk Cousins a nickname. What do you
1: guys think? Kid Cuzzy. I'm going to pass on the nickname and run on the topic Kirk mm. Cousins is in the MVP conversation. Joe, hear me out. <laughs> All right. Back-to-back wow. weeks of straight More balling from this guy. That's my cousin. Blood cousin is what he's looking like. <laughs> Ever since Adam Thielen called him out and said, yo, you can't throw the deep ball. Uh, Stefan Diggs was like, yo, I'm not coming to practice until you give me the ball. <laughs> they have been playing out of their mind. Both receivers have over three touchdowns, over 20 yards. Kirk is feeding them and feeding them a lot, okay? Give Kirk Cousins his real proper due, Joe. Be honest. You wish he was a brown still, don't you? Man, I'm really good at this game. Gosh. (laughs) I don't want you to die, so stop talking. (laughs) Here,
0: uh, you said Stephon Diggs, and I want to hear your take because he asked for a trade, Mm -hmm. and then the media asked him about it, and he said – I don't really worry about those rumors, but there's truth to every rumor out there. <laughs> and then they asked him after the game again about the trade. And he talked about them being rumors. Now, what do you think about this? Because it's not a rumor. If you go and ask your head coach
1: and your management for a trade. Yeah. It's a rumor That's not a rumor anymore. It's a rumor. So why does he
0: keep calling it a
1: rumor? Because it's a rumor. If the people can't confirm it, if it was just me and Zimmer in a room and you weren't there to hear it, it is a rumor. doesn't mean it's fake or it's, or it's real, but if you weren't in the room, it's a rumor to you, it's not first-hand knowledge. So you think that him
0: classifying the fact that he asked for a trade, and he confirmed it, and he's still calling it a
1: rumor, is okay? (laughs) Yes. Yes, as long as he's scoring three <laughs> touchdowns a game and he's on my fantasy team,
0: absolutely. More bad takes. All right,
4: Joe, was that technically? <laughs> right, a, was that technically? That was a parent? run.
0: That was a run. <laughs> no, that was just a sidebar. That <laughs> okay. was a. Uh, that was an instant replay. Oh wow! That was the NFL playoff sky judge called down for instant replay? All right, what we got next?
4: Rosen benched. Fitzpatrick leads charge, but oh, Washington outlasts Miami after botched two-point attempt. Joe, runner to pass it.
1: I'll pass that one. Um, how many? How many runs have I done? Two. So this is my last one.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, goodness. All right, I'm going to run it. Good job on the Miami Dolphins. Congratulations, you did an awesome job. When they got down and they scored the touchdown with almost no time on the clock, I thought to myself, like, man, this win is going to be a loss. You're going to lose your status as the, the front runner for the number one pick. The last thing you want to do is botch that. So what do they do? They go four for two and I'm like oh no he's gonna get it no they throw a pass behind the line of scrimmage to a running back who's running full speed towards the quarterback almost guaranteeing they don't get it it was genius congratulations Miami Dolphins enjoy of Tagovailoa whatever his name is Tagovailoa Violin. he's yours Violin. play responsibly <laughs>
0: so Joe running a pass it, it. Uh, uh, nice Josh uh, Josh <laughs> Rosen got benched so that means his era's over right like yeah. They're done with Josh Rosen. That second-round pick they sent for him is, is mm-hmm. poof, gone up in the air.
4: With uh, Sorry, this goes back to something you've said, Joe, that defensive head coaches have too quick of a leash with the quarterbacks. Don't we think that because Brian Flores is a defensive coach that he could just be swapping quarterbacks all year? Yeah, I was just thinking it.
0: that. They don't understand the psyche of a team goes with your commitment level to a quarterback, and mm-hmm. as soon as you start playing the wavering back-and-forth game, your season is like over and that quarterback in that system can never become your long-term option. And it just happened in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel.
1: No, the last thing you want to do is keep a quarterback in there because what he'll do is he'll figure out a way to win. As you know, as a Cleveland Brown, 2016 to 2017, Joe, he's following a playbook, which is rotate the quarterbacks as much as you possibly can to ensure that the outcome is assets for your team and for a franchise to be better, yep. it's genius.
4: So Joe yep. just took the neither option on the wow. run pass option. This is uh, <laughs> just took a knee on second un- down. the <laughs> territory <laughs> on RPOs. <laughs> All right, uh, Hawk, you're out of runs. Yep. Joe, Jets get first win, and Donald return. Cowboys lose third straight. Runner to pass it. Um, I'll run that. <laughs>
0: Dak is feeling the pressure. Mm. Starting out three and zero, talking about forty million dollars a year. They're talking about Jason Garrett going to get re-signed at the end of the season, going to be the highest-paid coach in the NFL, and all of a sudden, now the conversation is: Does Dak get the Case Keenum contract? Does Jason Garrett survive the season? Is Kellen Moore actually a good offensive coordinator? Find out more like, on Dragon
1: Ball Z. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to me because Kellen Moore was the hot, sexy offensive coordinator at the beginning of the season. He was moving uh, pre-snap shifts and motions. Everybody loved it, and I don't want to die but they're in a lot of trouble.
1: <laughs> all right, because he didn't well get done. it all the way, I'm going to actually finish. We're just breaking all the rules here. The, go for it. How I know Jason Garrett is going to get fired, because there was a clip in the game where the defense played well and they're running off, and Jason Garrett goes in the field to go give him five, and all 11 players ran right by both of his hands, extended out to give them five. <laughs> they literally didn't even look in his face, and he just claps it up and walks back to the sideline. When your players won't even give you five, it's a clear indication they don't rock with you. They should be mm-hmm. counting down him just like the count down in these RPOs. All right. Sorry about that. But Joe got free one, so I'm going to take that one.
4: <laughs> Broncos toppled Titans. Mariota benched an embarrassing shutout loss. Joe, run it or pass it.
0: Run it. Going back to what we were just talking about, Mike Vrabel made the cardinal mistake by Arch. benching Mariota, and the Mariota era is over in Tennessee. Even if he comes back and he plays some more and he does some good things, There's just no hope because once you become the the quarterback that was benched and you know that the team is not fully behind you, that just changes your psyche. Because what defensive coaches don't understand is you can't motivate a quarterback by benching him. On defense, everything's about motivation and energy and effort. Like That's how you win on defense. And on offense, you can't just try harder to be better at offense. It's decision making. It's throwing the football. Thank
1: you very much. (laughs) <laughs> this game is going to be a thorn in Joe's ass, man. <laughs> Your setups are forty seconds. We might have to get some time extension. We might have to go. We might have to go uh, European football rules or something. Aussie football.
4: <laughs> That's it. You guys are both out of runs, and that is this week's run-pass option. Nice job with the clock, guys.
1: Thank you. We did a we did an incredible job. Except Joe. I think that does it for today's episode of the Tomahawk Show. Listen, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, rate five stars. Live show, November 13th. I don't know if you've been told. I don't know if you've heard, but check us out. Head over to our Twitter bio, Ticketmaster link to go buy tickets. Buy them for a friend. Buy 100 tickets and give them to little children. Uh, who have never heard of the Tomahawk show. They make great Christmas gifts, but you got to get it before November 13th. Joe, what do you got? Final thoughts. Maybe you can finish that last point you were saying. (laughs) Nah, I'm done with that. I don't want to die.
0: So this weekend, I was at uh, the Wisconsin football game for my Hall of Fame mention, uh, number two, and I got a chance to talk to the recruits, which was really cool that we're at the game and I started talking about why I decided to come to Wisconsin. I was getting really fired up. And I feel like I, I was doing a great job. And then at the end, I said, you know, just enjoy the process. There's not a lot of people in the country that get to be recruited by colleges. It's a great opportunity to enjoy this with your family and friends, make an informed decision. And then I said, but choose effing Wisconsin like really loud. Uh And there's moms and dads in the room. And I realized that maybe dropping the big F-bomb at that moment wasn't the right decision. And I'm so happy I get to talk to you guys because I value your opinion. And I feel like this is a great forum for me to get some really honest (laughs) feedback. And so first of all, I wanted to hear from you guys. Was it a bad thing that I dropped an (laughs) F-bomb in front of the recruit's parents on Saturday before the Badger football game?
1: Uh, or do you think it was okay? Do you think it was all in good spirit? I think when they sign with Penn State, you'll get your answer, <laughs> number one. Um, also, I think you got to be you. Water. I mean, they'll they'll learn their lesson to stop bringing you back every two weeks to honor you for yeah, a Hall of Fame. Go. Like, just put <laughs> okay. them in the Hall of Fame already. Well, is there like a, Is there a punch card or something that you got to come to yeah. so many halftime It's like a diner.
0: You need nine punches. They're
1: like, they yeah, this is in. another big Big weekend for recruits, Joe. It'd be great if we can honor you at halftime. Yeah, we can't honor Jim. He's actually the defensive coordinator, so uh, he's, he's still out. coaching for us. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Russell has a game, and J.J. Watt is also still playing, so it'd be great. Yeah, no, I think you're good, man. They keep, recruits aren't going to come. The parents will be pissed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta be you. They should pay you for that.
0: <sighs> they
1: should. I, I
0: feel like we need the Tomaflock to hit us up on our Twitter at Tomahawk show or hit us up on all the other forums that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let us know what you think. Was, was it inappropriate? Do you think the moms and dads were uh, not loving it? Or do you think they were like, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm committing to Wisconsin today. I can see the passion with that
1: guy <laughs> up there, that ball guy. I don't know who he is, I don't know
0: who but he, he is. seems
1: excited. But the last couple of weeks I've been here and he's always here and he's excited every time.
4: Tomahawk. Let us know. Does the Wisconsin Badger faithful hate to see it, or should Joe have gotten his money's worth?
1: Yeah, that's a very good <laughs> oh, way to put it. I see it. what you did there. <laughs> I have a feeling the Tomahawk is going to be for it since they let I've seen listeners let their four-year-old daughters listen to this show, which <laughs> 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 oh, is <laughs> really oh. it really capped my my uh, profanity here. All right, well that does it for the Tomahawk show. We appreciate you guys joining us, and we will see you on Wednesdays. Remember, our Wednesday episode is for the players, so stay tuned. Mina, take us out.
3: Joe Hockey yourself.